0: Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.
1: This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, there's something out there called the retirement income replacement rate. And on today's show, we're going to take a look at just what that is and how, with good planning, you can achieve it in your own retirement and income plan.
0: Welcome in, everybody. This is uh, Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker is here, as he always is. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and uh, Kevin is uh, an investment advisor representative. 30 years, he's been helping folks get to and through retirement. And believe it or not, he's got clients that have been with you almost that entire time, right, Kevin?
1: That is right. Yeah, Steve, it is, it is great to be here. And, and, and yeah, that's one of the things I'm most uh, I, I'm most proud of, I guess I'd say, is that um, you know, I've got a lot of clients that have been with me since the 90s. And uh, you know, and and they're, and they're great clients, and we've we've done well over the years. Uh, and I think that's a mar- that's something you should take a look at if you're looking for an advisor. Take a look at how long, you know, how much turnover they have in the practice. Uh, you know, in other words, if there's if their clients are coming and going, they're only there for a year or two. Uh, you know, that's probably a sign of something that you probably don't want to participate in. Right. So uh, I think on the other hand, anybody that you know has, has uh, clients that have been with them for a long time, it should give you a little bit more, you know, a little more confidence, uh, a little more trust, perhaps. Uh, and that they're doing the right thing for their clients. So sure. th- that's what I try to do each and every day. And and I know I got you guys interested with talking about this uh retirement income replacement ratio. Yeah, what is
0: that? I... That's new to me. What what the heck is it? Making a jump up and down, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It is really a thing, you know, and it and it uh okay, well making sure that you've got enough money put away for retirement is not easy because nobody has, you know, knows the exact answer, right? Right. And so this this is something um that takes a look. At the percentage of your pre-retirement income that you're gonna to need to save uh, in order to afford retirement at your current in, in your current lifestyle. So it's so it's maybe not, maybe I should say it a different way, not necessarily the amount you have to save, but it's the amount that you have to save in order to generate the income that you need to replace your salary when you know when you're done working. Right. And and so the the retirement income replacement rate, you're replacing your, your working salary with income that you generate off of your investments, right? And so somebody, I don't know, some PhD or somebody came up with this fancy, fancy income replacement ratio. Um, but you know what? What we really need to sit back and take a look at, you know, is is your plan for retirement. Obviously, we're looking at your age. We always start off looking at assets and liabilities, uh, how much money's coming in and how much money's going out, and, and that'll give you a, uh, give us an idea of your personal balance sheet, your personal income statement, and that's where guys like me start off to try to figure out. You know, are you ready to retire based on uh, based on the lifestyle that, that uh, you've told us you want to live? Do you have enough money put away? Can we generate enough income? And how much risk do we have to take to get that income? And I think that's the one that a lot of folks underestimate, is how much risk are you taking in order to get the income that you want? So in other words, do you have all your money in the stock market and you're banking on it that it's just going to keep doing well, um, you know, or not have any really bad years? I think that's a pretty high risk bet. And it's one that I don't recommend people take uh, with the money that they're going to live off of in retirement. I'm not not saying to avoid the market altogether. I'm saying, how about if we figure out a different way to get you that
0: income that you need? That sounds good, because really, you know, it really is all about the income, isn't it? It's about the cash flow in retirement. And and it's as every bit as important as it is when you're working, because, I mean, you've got to you've got to be the one to come up with that money. I mean, you've got to be able to create that money.
1: No question. There's no question about it. And, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of times people will say that, uh, that, you know, oh, well, I expect my expenses to really go down when I retire. And I say, yeah, well, let's, let's try to, you know, dial in on that a little bit closer, you know, let's, let's go through the numbers and figure out exactly how much, you know, your expenses are going to decline. Because I'm here to tell you, I think there's a good chance they're not going to decline. Because what's going to happen is now you've got all this time every day to do something, right? Mm-hmm. and and rather than being bored just sitting on your couch watching you know what my father used to call it the boob tube I don't know where right. that came from you know but but rather than rather than just sitting around all day you're probably going to want to go out doing things right maybe you want to travel maybe golf or go fishing or or maybe you want to travel to go fishing and uh, so that you know go up to alaska i've heard i've heard great things about that and and but it costs money right and <laughs> so what what you what we need to take a look at the one thing that we, you will be saving money on, uh, obviously you're not going to have to be contrib- you, you Okay, you don't have to. You most likely won't be contributing to your 401k. You may not be saving for retirement anymore once you've retired. However, I'm here to tell you, I think it's a good idea to plan for that in the first several years as well. All right, maybe not throughout your entire retirement, but I, but I think that you should plan on the first several years of retirement continuing to save. And that's because uh, we don't know how long that retirement's going to last. And, and we also don't know that... What health situation you might be in, or your spouse might be in, and that means that leads me up to you don't know if you're going to wind up paying for long-term care. All right, mm-hmm. and, and that is that is something people should take a look at as well because I happen to have uh, very close, you know, family members that have wound up in a situation where their spouse needed long-term care just past the age of seventy. Wow. Okay.
0: Well, and, and, and let uh, me interject at this moment as we're talking about long-term care. By the way, folks, uh, Kevin wrote a book called "The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care." Really worth the read. SilverleafFinancial.com is where you find it. You can get a free copy right there on the website. And and again, I, I don't mean to distract you there, Kevin, but it's important for folks to understand that, that you really know what you're talking about.
1: Oh yeah, you know, do you know what I, I and I do appreciate I appreciate that, Steve. I've been doing as we started up the show, saying I started in this business in 1990. So it's definitely not my first rodeo. Um, you know, I've been around the block a few times, and and I think that's important for anybody that you work with. You want to get somebody that's experienced, uh, you know that that has the has seen how these seen different markets, right? Seen good mm-hmm. markets, bad markets, and seen the different situations that can that come up that can derail or could p- possibly derail your retirement, and and a need for long term care, uh, especially if it's an inpatient facility. Uh, as opposed to having a nurse or somebody come to you, having an assistant or something, uh, a provider come to your home. Um, And and of course, everybody wants to stay at home, right? Everybody that I've talked, that I've spoken to at this point, probably thousands of people, uh, everybody wants to stay at home as long as possible. So it's important that when you're looking, if you are looking for a policy or something to help you with that, make sure you look into where, you know, what are the rules uh, that determine when you can collect some of the benefits because some of them require confinement, and they call it continuous confinement. So that would be like 60 days, you know, back to back where you're confined to a facility uh, before they will pay a dime for your care. Now, most people don't want that. So of course, what I do is I find the policies and the coverage that you can use at your in your own home. Um, and those are the ones that I that I personally recommend. Uh, and, and if possible, we want to get it set up in a way um, that, that, uh, that you ef- essentially reimburse or pay the provider. So it could be a spouse or a relative or a friend, all right? And so those are out there. You just need to take a look and work with somebody, you know, that can help you. But by all means, please give me a call. I'd be happy to, uh, I'd be happy to assist in any way that I can.
0: Folks, that number is 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. And the website really is a great way to get started, silverleaffinancial.com. All right, I didn't mean to distract you there, but I thought it important to bring no, up.
1: No, you, you know what? I'm glad I'm glad you did because, uh, um, you know, the book, is, the book is free, guys. All you need to do is go to the site, just uh, fill out a couple lines of information. It's not much at all, uh, and I'll be happy to email you a copy free of charge. Uh, or I can send you a hard copy if you prefer uh, the hard copy. Um, but it's important just to recognize it and take a look at it, and make a decision whether you want to plan for it or, or you don't. Some people decide they don't want to. Maybe maybe they feel they don't have the cap. They don't have you know the means to do it. And some people just say, you know what, uh, nobody in my family needed it, so I'll roll the dice that I won't need it either. All right. And now one thing I do say to folks, just to, to finish up on the long term care aspect. Yeah. Uh, a, a private facility right now is easily a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Um, you of course can get cheaper, but does anybody really want to, you know? That's not your choice, right? You want to have a quality, you know, nice place with with quality vetted uh, help, you know, so that you're so that you're going to get what you need, and and that can be very very expensive. Now, if you're single, if you've got a home that's fully paid for, you know, a lot of people say, you know, what if something like that comes up? I'll use my home, so my home can be my long term care you know coverage, uh, and and that might be fine if you're single. All right. But if you're married, I would strongly recommend you getting a policy in place um, so that you know so that your spouse can stay in your home and you don't take a chance of, of losing uh, your home because of a situation like that. So it is something to take a look at, it can be devastating. Um, and none of us know who's going to need it and who's not. So I would, on a final point, look at look at Alzheimer's and dementia in your family um, and stroke. If your family has it, because a lot of times stroke will lead to these situations. And memory care and dementia, Alzheimer's disease, those are the leading causes, uh, from what I've seen, of people that wind up in a facility for for an extended period of time. Not just six months, eight months. They could be there for many, many years, and and that's that's where the cost can be devastating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go, going back, going back to this retirement yes, income, the retirement uh, re- income replacement, replacement
0: rate. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, <laughs>
1: So it's how much are you going to need? You know, what percentage of your salary are you going to need to replace? Is it 70%, 80%, 90%, maybe 100%? I'm
0: I've thinking 110. People?
1: I was just, you read my mind, Steve. <laughs> I have met I've met people that say, Kevin, we can't believe it. We're spending more in retirement than we did while we worked. And 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 that's why I tell them. I said, well, that's because you've got all this time on your hands, right? And, and you like to do things. You like to stay active. And we all know the price of things are going up every day. All right. So what, what we need to look at, you know, one factor, obviously – we start off with how much how much your how much your salary is your combined income if you're married. Uh, we're going to take a look at how much you're saving because the amount that you're saving, of course, mean, means that you don't need that to live, right? We want to figure out when you're going to retire, and we want to calculate an estimated life expectancy, uh, which is always tough, right? It's something that obviously is just an estimate. Uh, many times, I suggest people look into you know plan on living into their 90s. You know, my father lived to 93. I have a, a great aunt that lived to 97. Um, so, look at the life expectancy in your family uh, to get to try to give us an idea of how long of a retirement we want to plan for, right? Then we need to think about tax rates, how much you pay in taxes now versus then. Uh, if you're a high income earner now, there is a chance your tax rate will be lower in retirement. But at the same time, I always want to remind everybody unfortunately, this country has racked up a massive amount of debt, right? Uh, in fact, I believe our debt payments just a little sidebar. I believe the debt, we call it debt service. So how much is the U.S. Uh, government or actually the U.S. taxpayers, how much are we paying in interest, right? And where does that rank on the scale? And and you know, the top, uh, top spending category is Medicare, and then there's Social Security, and then it used to be national defense. Now, interest payments on our debt have surpassed national defense. <laughs> and so, wow. uh, unfortunately, it's a huge amount of money. And so my point is, uh, if we don't get that under control, I personally think tax rates are going to be going higher over time.
0: And well, I so don't think there's that, any other way around
1: it. Is there? I, you know, unless we figure out some mir- miraculous way or somebody comes up with some incredible ideas that lead to, you know, great productivity, um, you know, that we can really grow the economy because we can really grow the economy. Then, then yeah. everybody will be taxed more. Right. Right. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, it seems to me when we increase productivity, and we've got a big jump in the economy that also brings us inflation. So, so it's a balancing act, uh, you know, because obviously with inflation, you're going to need that much more money, right over time. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I believe that they're going to the government will take a two pronged approach, they're going to say they have no choice. Um, and they're gonna, you know, uh, they'll c- start cutting programs, and they'll raise taxes at the same time. And they'll use that as justification, that it's across the board, everybody's, you know, got more skin in the game, so to speak. Um, so my point is I would really recommend you try to utilize Roth IRA accounts, uh, and an HSA account. If, if you're able to, uh, that is a health savings account that grows tax free. You, know, you get a tax deduction when it goes in. Uh, and if you follow all the rules, it comes out tax free too. An HSA is on- the only truly tax free account that's out there. Uh, Roth and a regular IRA, you pay tax one side or the other. Uh, it's still better though, right? So I'm a big believer in Roth IRAs. I would rather pay the tax now um because with me what i'm what i what i'm looking for is more certainty about my retirement situation about my retirement picture and so the way that i look at it is if i know uh, if i if i know my income is tax-free right i don't have to make an estimate or a guess about how much you know tax i'm going to be paying right because we don't how how do you know what tax you are going to be paying 15 20 years from now no idea And, and right what what are the taxes going to be and so to me that's another element of uncertainty that i want to remove if, if I can. Right. And, and, you know, and so what I would really recommend is look, see if, a, if you, if you can convert to a Roth, uh, if you don't have a Roth 401k at work, if you do try to take advantage of it. All right. Cause then you have tax-free income coming in. And if all your income is tax-free, that should also make your social security income tax-free too. So, uh, so I think it's important to take a look at it. Uh, and also obviously one of the things we're starting off with, we want to look at Social Security now, guys. If you haven't gone to the Social Security website for the government, um, I, I believe it's what SSA.gov, um, and and they've got something called My Social Security. So go in and take a look at it if you haven't set up an account. Because uh, I'm actually <laughs> this maybe this is maybe this tells you a little too much about me, but I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to the new year because I want to go back in there and I want to see how my Social Security payments how how much they've risen because of the cost of living adjustment. Me
0: too. I'm a nerd like that. I like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I guess that's it. I'm a nerd in that respect. And, uh, you know, but I want to know. And because I think they did a good job with the website. You oh, can look absolutely. At it. You, you know, and you can play around with the numbers, right? You can say, well, what if I take it at, you know, if I take it early, it's going to be X amount. If I take it at my full retirement age, 66 or 67, it's this amount. But what if I wait until 69 or 70? Holy cow. It goes up another 20, 25%. And so we wanna look at that because we have to put that into our projections, all right? So now for most people, your Social Security is only gonna cover maybe a third, uh, maybe half of your expenses if, you're, if you really keep a, a, you know, a tight lid on your expenses. Uh, but guys, you really need to plan on having at least that same amount of income from other sources in retirement. So if you don't have a pension, you wanna make sure, make sure you pay, uh, look at this uh, very closely. And and sit down with somebody like me so we can help you figure out how you're going to generate the income in a way that's sustainable, right? So that you know it's there every week or every month or every year, and that you know you can count on it and
0: you don't have to worry about it. Right. Well, and again, I mean, you said you used two words, I mean, basically the same word. And I think you've described what it's like to plan for retirement. It's the certainty of uncertainty. It's (laughs) It's <laughs> there you, you go. use both words, yeah. and I, it just makes sense. It well, it, it really is, you
1: know, because I, I I tell you what, you know, I've made part of it is probably my 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 work experience. I've been self employed, you know, my entire career. Uh, so I've never had a salary. I've never had a set wage, except, you know, before I even went to college, right. and I had a part time job, right? So but um, so
0: do you give yourself a Christmas bonus?
1: <laughs> I, I actually, sometimes just don't tell my wife. Right? Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> and, and, uh, you, you know, so, so, I, so I guess with me, maybe that's part of the reason for my motivation to have more certainty because, I, I, you know, my, as a self-employed person, your income fluctuates quite a bit sometimes. And, and so you don't have that certainty, um, you know, with regard to that aspect of your life. And, and so when I'm, when I'm retired, I, I, I do want to have that. And so personally, what I'm doing, Uh, and I'm happy to show anybody that would like to sit down. I'll show you my statements. If you'd like, uh, I am go, I am using index annuities to provide the income, the extra income for me and my wife. And what I'm doing is I'm setting up several contracts, uh, with, with with about 50,000 a piece. And some people will say, well, 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 that doesn't seem like very much. And if it, if it was the only one, you're correct. All right. The point is when you go to turn on the income from one of these contracts, um, it, it's much easier to do it. I, I've not seen a contract yet that can turn on income for part of the value. Uh, now, maybe they'll come up with that. But the reason I'm doing this is so that I can ladder the income. So, so imagine this, you've got a set amount of income coming in. Now we see 10%, 20%, whatever it is, inflation over a year, two years, three years, you probably want to have more income, right? So you can keep doing what you're doing, right? But you got to pay a higher price now. And so my answer is all right. Well, now I'm going to turn on another I'm going to turn on the payments from another annuity. That'll give me, you know, each uh, $50,000 after 10 years, you can get about $500 a month joint income for life. And now I'm talking about somebody that's roughly 60 years old and you leave it you leave it alone, you put it in there and you forget about it, all right? And then we turn it on after 10 years and it'll pay you 500 bucks a month forever. Even if you or your wife live to 110, and the account value went to zero 10 years ago, that annuity payment, that check is going to, or that deposit to your bank account is going to keep coming in every single month. And there is no other account guys that'll do that. None. Right. So, so I look at it as longevity insurance. I look at it and I say, you know what, Uh, because the way, the way that I look at this whole thing, my view, you know, I've heard people say, you know, well, I want to collect social security early because, you know, what if I die too soon and I wouldn't have gotten my money. And my opinion is, who cares? I, I, that's that's my answer. I'm sorry if that's a, offensive to anybody, but if you die, man, you don't have any more problems. None. Your problems are your problems are done. You don't have to worry about it. You're not going to be, you know, you won't be thinking about how much money you could have taken from Social Security, right? It's over with. It's done. And and so to me, that's not the issue. That's not something to worry about. Not something. To, I'm not concerned about it at all. All right. What I'm concerned about is is making a mistake and not having enough income not being able to take care of myself or my wife if we get sick, not being able to fix the air conditioner if, the, if it breaks when it's 110 degrees outside. I want to make sure we're covered no matter what happens. And you, we all know curveballs come out, come out of you know, we get hit with a curveball all the time. It comes out of left field, right? You didn't expect it. You didn't see it coming. You, you, I, I don't know how many times people say, I never thought that would happen. I never thought it would happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to do everything I can to make sure that my clients and myself that we have income that we know is guaranteed, doesn't matter what happens to the stock market, doesn't matter it happens to the bond market, right? There's a lesson this year, for instance, with bonds. A lot of people, a lot of people in my community uh, tell me that, oh, well, bonds are safe, right? I say, well, you know, <laughs> that depends. Depends on the bond, what type of bond, mm-hmm. right? Is it short-term, long-term bond, all right? Guys, you might know long-term treasuries, right? Meaning like 30-year treasuries, they're down over 20% this year. All right. You'd have lost 20% of your money if you had if you if, if, if you were in those bonds Now they've started to recover a little bit because we saw a little bit of drop in yield recently but but the reason why bonds have been considered safe and, and a lot of us thought they were safe is because for the last 40 years, interest rates have been going lower all right Now when interest rates go down, that means the value of the bond goes up. So from the early 80s, until now when we saw late 70s, early 80s and think about interest rates. Remember, you know, maybe you're a kid like I was, but I remember going to the bank with my mother and she'd come out, you know, she'd come out with a CD for 13 or 14% along with a toaster that the bank. bank Those are the
0: days, huh? Right. (laughs) I'm like, where's my
1: toaster? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but the thing is, so interest rates were 13, 14, 15%, 40 years ago, and they've just been coming down, down, down until they went all the way to zero, basically. And so that was an incredible bond market right i I used to tell my parents why didn't you just load up on long-term bonds when i was in high school (laughs) okay because you could have made 14 percent a year for 30 years uh guaranteed and um so if it ever goes back up like that again i'll be loading up on long-term bonds but my concern and my point is you know the interest rates today are in the 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 what three and a half to four and a half range depending on where you look on the on the treasury curve um and so the question that I have for folks is, how do you know interest rates aren't going to go higher over, let, let's say over 10 years or 20 years? What if they go back to 10%? Do you know how much money you'd lose on those bonds? And so my point is, they do have risk. Um, and, and you want to be very careful with that. So the reason I like annuities for the income is because it's a contractually guaranteed payment. Right. You've got a contract. There's a contract between you and the insurance company they're legally obligated to honor those payments, and, and it will. It is the only account that would keep on paying you even if it goes to zero, and so that's what I'm looking for for the certainty. So I know I can meet, make ends meet, uh, and I want to account for inflation, right? Like we talked about before. So if you're if you're monthly nut, you know your monthly expenses, everything you're paying right now. Let's say it's I don't know four grand. Okay. All right. If it, I think that you should be planning on planning on an income of at least seven or $8,000. In other words, I think you should be looking to basically double whatever your expenses are now, because we're talking about what could be a 25 or 30 year retirement, right? So even if inflation is relatively modest, in 25 or 30 years, cost of everything is gonna more than double. So I think it's important that we make sure that your income is, is enough to cover you, not just now, but 10, 15, 20 years from now as well.
0: Right. And and you know, the, you talk about the guaranteed and uh, the annuity and how important that is. And and I mean, you know, you because you work with really reputable annuity companies, real reputable, reputable insurance companies, because that's oh, the key. I mean, you gotta know the backside def- of these things too. Definitely no and question that's, about that. That's where you
1: come in. No question. And 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 uh that is something we wanna make sure. Obviously, we wanna look at we're looking at financial strength of the company because like we said, we're talking about, you know, I'm I want to be able to count on them being here, right? Thirty right, years, of course, from our, yeah. right? <laughs> and otherwise, it's not going to do you any good. And and so we're only going with the strongest companies that are out there, um, you, you know. And all the companies that I work with, for what it's worth, they all uh, they all have the backup insurance uh, from the state. Every state has its own guarantee fund, uh, which insurance companies pay a premium to. And then if one of them does go out of business, um, you know, you are insured up to a limit. All right, that varies by state. Uh, but it is there is some backup insurance in the event of insolvency. Now, obviously, I would never recommend a, a, a company if I thought that was even a remote possibility. But I think you'd be naive if you don't acknowledge that it is a possibility with every company. Think about think about the Great Recession that we had in 08, right? Do you remember some of those companies that went under? under? Huh, yeah, Enron. Enron, hmm. how about Lehman Brothers? Oh, Lehman Brothers. Yeah, that them too. Right? That was a very well-regarded firm. OK, it was a very well respected and regarded firm went under. Do you guys remember, if anyone remembers American General, AIG, the mess? Oh, that oh, they yeah, were were right, they, right. They weren't. They, they I believe they were an A plus rated company and they needed to get a government bailout to survive. And now the good news is they did. I believe they've paid back everything with interest, um, which is which is what we would like to see from, you know, every debtor, right? Everybody that borrows any money. Um, you know, but my point is, you can't always tell what's going on behind the scenes. And and so um, for this reason, I, I, I what I'm getting at is if you're thinking about an insurance or annuity product from a fraternal organization, make sure you look into their strength, their financial strength, and you're comfortable with how it's run, how it's managed, and that they're going to be able to honor their commitments because most of them do not participate in the state guarantee funds. All right. So personally, that's why I avoid them. I don't. I don't recommend any company that doesn't have that backstop. Um, it's just my personal approach, but it gives me added comfort knowing that that's another uh, risk that that we've got some coverage for.
0: Right. Well, that makes perfect sense as well. Uh, Folks, if you'd like to learn some more, maybe get together with Kevin, uh, check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. It's that simple, silverleaffinancial.com, right there on the homepage. You can send an email to Kevin. He'll get back to you right away and, and, uh, you know, just see what goes on from there. And, again, getting back to annuities, Kevin, I think what you say is that, yeah, you've got to, you know, know the company. But that's where working with an independent fiduciary advisor like you, you've done the legwork for us.
1: That's right. That's right. And, 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 and this is something I, I, I'm actually surprised at how many people, you know, are, feel, feel comfortable and confident in their ability to, to do these things when they're only spending maybe a couple hours a week doing it. I mean, I, I, I do this every day all day long. Yeah, right. And, and, okay. And so, so I'm always surprised a little bit at the do it yourselfers, um, be, because I can't imagine how just doing it a few hours a week. Uh, and a lot of them don't even spend that is, is enough to, to really do your due diligence. Um, but yes, that's a benefit of working with an advisor. I think that I, I think if like like we mentioned, we started off the show. Um, I take the pride in having clients that have been with me for decades because to me that proves that they're right. Doesn't it mean that they're happy with what we've been <laughs> yes,
0: doing? Yes, one would believe that. Yes, right.
1: Doesn't isn't that isn't that and, and otherwise when, why wouldn't they leave? And 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 so I think I think if you know if I think you can judge the value of an advisor by how long his clients or her clients have been have been with them. Um, and if they give you an excuse about attrition, uh, I I would just walk away. All right. Because, uh, there should not be a lot of turnover in their client base. Um, and, and also by the way, on that note, if, uh, uh, we used to call them rogue brokers and these, these are folks that they'll get fired from one firm and then they just go down the block and they, and they hang their shingle up on somebody else's on somebody else's door. Um, and so you can check out a broker, you can look, check out an advisor. You can look at their work history. And if you see that they've they've, that they've gone from place to place to place, all right, you should really avoid them in my view, okay, because that's not stability. Um, and folks will come up with any number of excuses, why they move, why they go from one place to another. But I'm telling you, in my experience, if you see somebody that they've worked at multiple firms, and they're only at each one for like a year or two years, chances are there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. And I would just be very careful with that.
0: Well, all I mean, right? that's why there's broker check, right? <clears throat>
1: That's exactly right. And and, you, and I hope you guys take advantage of it. Take a look at it. Um, and so you, so you know a little bit about the background of the person you're working with. Yeah. All right. And, and so uh, and since we are, you know, we're coming up on the end of the year here. One, one other thing uh, to take a look at, guys, it is a good time to take a look at your portfolio. See if you could benefit from any tax selling. Okay. There's, you know, tax loss selling. You know, for instance, if you've got some nice profits, maybe you want to take some profits and lock in those profits, but you don't want to pay the tax. Maybe you can offset that that gain with a loss of something that doesn't look as attractive, or, or for instance, maybe you've got uh, maybe you've got a technology fund, right? Maybe you got a tech fund that's lost money because tech has lost like a third of its value this year. Maybe you take a look and see if it makes sense to sell it, so you get the benefit of the tax loss. You can write it off on your taxes. Okay, that doesn't mean you're out entirely. Let me give you a secret. You know what you do? You, if you want to own the same thing you buy more first, double up your position first, then you can sell the tax loss position with, and you can avoid the wash sale rule. Oh,
0: okay, all right? all right.
1: There's something, so there's a wash sale rule with the IRS that says, if you sell it and you buy it back in less than 30 days, that that wipes out that write off, okay? So the way around it, buy first, buy more ahead of time and then sell the position that you owned previously, that should get you your tax loss. All right. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can, the other thing you could do is if you have funds, let's say they're, I don't know, let's say they're healthcare, let's say they're healthcare funds. Okay. Maybe you've got, maybe you got an S&P Standard & Poor's healthcare fund. You know what? Uh, if you've got a loss, you could take the loss on that. And maybe you just turn around and buy a Vanguard or a Fidelity or somebody else's healthcare fund, right? Because you're still, you'll still have the same sector exposure, but you'll be able to benefit from the tax loss. So, so I think it's something to take a look at now. There's a lot of that going on. Um, it's a good time to take a look at your portfolio and reposition it based on how you feel now, uh, and, and, what your outlook is for the future. It's a great time to talk to your advisor, right? Get their thoughts on, on how you should be positioned. One thing that I am looking at, uh, that, uh, most people may or may not have heard is you, you, we all know interest rates have gone up, right? Well, actually I think it makes bonds much more attractive than they've been in a long time. Yeah. I mean, you can get four, you can get 4% on a two-year treasury, um, You know, whereas a year ago, they were basically, you know, like a half a point. So um, now remember, like we talked about, that doesn't mean they can't lose money. All right. Um, But they're much more attractive where they are now uh, than they were, you know, than they have been probably in the last decade or so.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, uh, you know, and again, I've been doing these kinds of shows for about five years and and certainly not since then. You know, I mean, bonds were were way down even five years ago.
1: They, they were for sure. And, and, and I do think, you know, this is this has gone down. Actually, I believe this is the worst year on record for corporate bonds. Nice. Um, it's also been one of the worst years, period, just for bonds overall. I want to say in about 40 years, um, you, you know, and now typically also with the stock market, it's been one of the worst years we've seen in the last century. All right. Going back that last 100 years in stocks, guys, there's been 21 years where the market has sold off like it has this year. 18 out of the 21 times the market was up the next year. Okay. No, that's not a guarantee, but statistically, the odds are very, very high that we'll end next year with a gain. Um, you know, compare when you look back in history and see what's happened in the past.
0: All right. I'm going to save this spot in the, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to play this for you a year from today. How's that? And we'll <laughs> All
1: right. see if you're <laughs> That sounds good. We'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. Let's like, exactly. let's hope I'm right, but it's, I uh, hope you, know you are what? too.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Kevin, but the thing is, is you've been right about so many things in the in the what two or two or three years that we've been doing the show. Yes, I yes. Mean, you've and, said and, things, and you've said this is what I believe, and then darn if it doesn't happen. Darn if it doesn't happen. Yeah, and
1: guys, the beauty of this is you can go back and listen to old shows, see what I was talking about, and see if it was right or not. Exactly. And and so so just go to my website, silverleaffinancial.com. I keep uh, the several of the last the last shows up there. I think there's generally ten or twelve there. Um, but you know, by all means, check it out and see. And I I, I think you'll I think you'll like what you hear. All right. And so because I, I I always want to do my best and try to do my best to give you guys good information uh, that you can, uh, that you can act on, you can, that you can find useful. So I, I do hope you find it useful.
0: Right. Well, again, on that note, what, uh, let's put a wrap on this one. Really this, we're going to do one more show for the year, but, uh, this we're heading into the, the Christmas holiday, Christmas weekend, yeah, you know, Hanukkah's wrapping up. I mean, it's, it's a pretty festive time and, and, uh, we're feeling good it about this.
1: Yeah, you know what, it it is a very festive time. I hope everybody has a fantastic holiday, a wonderful holiday season. And you know what, take a look. If you're still working, see if you can maybe increase that 401k contribution a little bit too.
0: today